Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. Today is a big day. Our oldest daughter has a book that she's written that is being released today. You'll hear all about her story and her book in this episode. Also, you'll hear about how her top five Clifton strengths are the foundation of who she is, what drives the passion that she has for others to hear such an important message. As a mama, we all want our children to be at their best in doing what they love doing and what they're made for. I would have never imagined how her life would unfold, how she would step up to be a voice for the voiceless in such a powerful way. As you listen, you'll hear her tender and compassionate heart, and also how she's always been drawn to the broken, the underdog, or the outcast to love them and help them see the value that God has given them. I sure love her and I'm so proud of her. I'm excited for you to hear a little bit about her and how she's using her strengths to impact others in such a significant way. Enjoy. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to listen to my next guest today, Claire Colwell. For some of you that might not know, Claire is my oldest daughter and she is an international speaker. She's an abortion survivor. And recently she's become an author. Her book, Survivor, is launching today. So welcome, Lauren Claire. Thank you so much for having me. I I can't believe this. Can you? I mean, you your book is coming out today. It's so exciting. I mean, tell us a little bit about you and just this amazing book and just your story. Okay. Well, um, it feels funny just to tell you my story because you already know it. You knew it before I was born. I know. I know. It's kind of crazy. For everybody that's listening, um, my journey to being a speaker, to being an author was something that was so unexpected and shocking in my life. Um, It was a decision that I made after I met my birth mother who told me that I had survived her abortion procedure that successfully aborted my twin. And um, in that moment, I had a choice to make whether I would forgive my birth mother or not, and whether I would allow God to work in my life and, and show me what the purpose was that he had for my life, why he spared my life in an abortion clinic procedure that was supposed to end it. And um, my journey has led me uh, not only to share my story across the country, but to write it in Survivor that comes out today. And then um, even uh, my journey has included becoming a wife and a mother and um, just the day in and outs of, of my life are included in the story. And so I'm, I'm really excited for people to read it. Um, but for me, I'm uh, as I mentioned, I'm a wife. I'm a mother of four children. My husband, David, and I have four children together. And we live in Austin, Texas. And um, 
just our our normal uh, Christian people, just like many of you are that are listening. Um, I just have had an incredible life opportunity, um, God opportunity is what I would call it, uh, that that God has given me to um, have a platform and be used. It's it's really just so amazing. I know um, some of the listeners again might some of them might know more about you. Some of them might know more about me. Some of them we might not even know. And even just for both of us, it's crazy that we both started this idea of a podcast really about the same week, didn't we? It's so well, wild. I copied you. <laughs> okay, okay. You well, get credit for that. I saw the impact that you were making with your podcast and thought, well, God isn't sending me out to speak this year. We're living through a pandemic. How can, how can I be, be used? And, you know, before that point, I had been asking God, where will you send me? Where will I go? Where do you want me to share my story next? And then 2020 hit and 2021 continued. And we lived in this pandemic where we couldn't be together uh, we couldn't. I couldn't go speak and and share my story in a crowd of people, and so my my prayer changed, like I know yours did, to uh, from where will you send me, God, to how will you use me? And so I appreciate you know what you're doing through embrace your strengths as you're having conversations that truly matter and empowering people to use their strengths in ways that God. Um, wants to use them, the reasons he gave them those strengths to begin with. Um, and so, yeah, I copied your idea on the podcast oh. because I want to have impact just like you are. <laughs> well, that's so funny. Well, it's, we both are learning from each other because um, I appreciate just all the the new things, technical things you, you are doing and just, um, you're on the cutting edge. So I am learning a lot from you and I'm a little slower on a lot of parts about this, but, but yeah, it, it has been fun for me as I was learning just a lot of things about just making a podcast and researching. And so it's nice that you could just kind of follow in on the coattails of all my research. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, it really is amazing just to think of you and your story and and even just the privilege that your dad and I had in writing parts of it in your book of putting words to our story, which was kind of the beginning of your story as we were waiting and praying for a baby and, and wondering, you know, who it was that God was going to give us that we were going to adopt. And um, as some people know, you know, 21 years after you were born, you learned this um, amazing part of your life that you had survived the the abortion that your birth mother had had. And it's it's been so fun to see it unfold. And again, like you said, you're saying yes to to sharing the story. But as as I think about you and how wonderfully and uniquely and amazingly God has made you. I love to think about it in terms of your top five strengths. And um, that's kind of the grid that I see everyone in seeing, like I get a picture of what, what it looks like that people have various different strengths. And so as 
as you mentioned, I do have a front row seat to your life and seeing how a lot of the things that you're using and developing in this season of your life and ministry and work and calling are because of who God made you to be. So let's just take a little time and walk through what those strengths are and like your top well, tell me about when you when you remember even learning about your your top five strengths because I know I talk about it all the time with anybody that walks by, and so of course you're one of those people. So tell me about what you learned when you first, what you thought about when you learned your first your top five strengths. I think I was maybe eighteen or nineteen when I first took the strength finders test and learned that I had um, strengths like empathy and belief um, and restorative and um, different things like that. I can't remember exactly what the five are, but I remember taking that at, at 18 or 19. And the interesting part is that at, at 18 or 19, I was very introverted. I still am. Um, I like to stay in my bubble. I like to stay in my comfort zone. And over time, as I've uh, learned to have conversations that truly matter, as I've educated myself on issues that truly matter, and I've begun to have um, these these real truthful conversation and, and stances and be vocal on them, um, many people have thought like, oh, Claire, you're you're no longer an introvert or you no longer... Um, maybe cling to what you used to or lean towards the the comfort zones and the um, natural instincts that you used to. Um, but as I've as I've navigated and and heard you talk about people's strengths over um, especially the past few months as you've done this podcast, I've realized that, the, the same strengths that I had when I was 18 and 19 and I was introverted and stayed in my comfort zone are the same strengths I have now. I just know how to actually use them. And I know how God can, can take me out of my comfort zone. And that is when he will use me best. And I, I see how God has taken my uh, strength of belief, and he's put me in circumstances and situations where he's called me to stand on truth and stand on what I know is right from wrong and what is black and white to me. Um, like, for instance, the issue of abortion, the issue of adoption and life um, are things that I talk about on a daily basis in my household and in my professional career. And so, um, that's what I remember. I remember being affirmed by my strengths when I was 18 or 19, but now as a 33-year-old wife and mother and um, business person, I I can see that, that my strengths are still the same, um, but I have grown in my ability to use them and to tap into them and to trust God that he gave me those strengths for a reason and that I can go where he calls me to go or be used how he calls me to be used using the strengths where God works through my life to impact other people. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I like that a lot because I think 
a lot of people do maybe know a little bit about their strengths, but it's, it is so much of the using them and developing them and having opportunities to use them. And you have really done that in the last 11 years since you've been telling your story and saying yes to lots of different situations. Well, let I, I'd love to just kind of look at each one of them briefly. And like your top strength is called developer. And that that's one that can be like a natural mentor or someone that sees the potential in others that is a champion of others to see what they can be. What is what does that mean to you or how have you seen that? I mean, I have a zillion stories I could tell where I've seen you use that, but what would you say about your developer? I think that, well, I, as far back as I can remember, I have, I've always been drawn to like the underdog, the, the outcast, the person who, Maybe people don't find relatable or don't find cool or funny or someone that they want to hang out with. Um, I, I remember, you know, when we lived in Costa Rica, um, I was a missionary child when y'all worked for Campus Crusade for Christ, now crew. Um, and we lived in Costa Rica for um, nine months and then in uh, Mexico uh, for another year or so. And I remember uh, being drawn to children at an orphanage um, in in one of those places. And I remember um, in high school when I was drawn to a um, child who was born with disabilities, who was the child of my childhood babysitter. And I remember looking at her life um, Another example of where I was drawn to someone who maybe didn't fit the norm of, as somebody who could really contribute to society or who was really welcomed by society even. Um, and I, I looked at this little girl who, who couldn't physically um, do the things that I could, couldn't verbally communicate with me. Her body didn't function uh, like it should, but... There was something about her that changed my life. I saw value in her, even though she couldn't do the things that society said gave her value. Mm. And then in high school, I I met a a boy named Gregory who was autistic. And um, I, I just saw something in Gregory. And he has the gift of encouragement. If we want to talk uh, about yeah. this, you know this because he, so he calls you and he calls dad and he calls now David, my husband, um, anyone that he can get his hands on their phone number in my life. He calls them and he not only encourages them, but he tells them how wonderful I am as someone yeah. who, who befriended him in high school when nobody else would. and. There was something about him. There was something about the little girl that I um, cared for. And there was something about the orphan at the orphanage in Costa Rica, something that drew me to those people. And I think it was because I saw that the, the person that God calls to greatness, the person that God uses the best is the person that is broken. It's the person that's the outcast. It's the person that 
society rejects because that person um, can finds their true value in who God says they are, um, that they are worthy and loved and created with a purpose and so many other things. And I knew all my life that that those things were true about me because y'all y'all told me those things, y'all spoke those things over my life for as long as I can remember. Um, that I was capable, that I was worthy, that I was loved, that I was wanted, that I could do great things because God could do great things through me. And I knew that that was not only true about me, but that's true about all of these other people that I interact with every single day, even the underdog, even the outcast. And so I think those are just some of the examples of how I I truly desire, I don't always do it, I'm human, I fail all the time, I overlook opportunities in people all the time, but my heart's desire is to acknowledge and accept and love the person who God wants to restore and who God wants to redeem and and who God wants to work in their life. And I have to be willing as the person that comes in contact with people every single day to choose how I see people. I can either see them through the lens of how the world sees them, what the world defines as their value, and what the world says, how the world expects me to give them my time of day or not, or I can respond how God sees them and how God, um, what God says about them. And see it as an opportunity that God is um, putting this person in my life because he does want to restore. And he does want, um, for me as, as a believer, as a person of, of conscience, to interact with people um, in my day-to-day life and, and, t- and make them feel like they are somebody that is worth my time. And so I try to do that. And I think it's my restorative strength that truly helps me. Um, But even when my restorative strength fails, uh, God helps me every single day to be able to do that. Yeah. Wow. That's so, you put so many great words to that of that really is how you live your life. And we both know that there's a long list of people that you have done that with, that you see the potential in, that you love, that you um, open doors for. And it's, it's a long list. And I really love hearing that. Well, your second um, strength is belief. And that is someone that's naturally grounded, that lives by their core values, that they um, have strong convictions. And it can be about all different kinds of things. Um, But tell me a little bit about belief and how that shows up for you. I think it's, there's a lot of, a lot of examples, but yeah, tell us about that. Well, I'm going to start with a story because I think it's a funny example of how belief has been impactful in my life. Um, When I met my birth mother, I saw what abortion was. I think I knew already, um, just growing up as an adopted child, I knew that there was an alternative to abortion that was better. Um, I knew that adoption 
gave a child a life and a family like I had been given. And so um, I think I would have considered myself uh, pro-life and against abortion all along. But when I met my birth mother and sat face to face with her and heard what abortion did to her, um, but also what abortion did to me and to my twin, it it truly made abortion black and white to me. Um, I no longer believed that there was a reason or a circumstance that could justify the ending of a human life through abortion um, because I had survived one. And opportunities began to arise for me to start sharing my story. And I, I told you earlier, I'm an introvert. I was probably, <coughs> excuse me, and maybe still am one of the most introverted people you'll ever meet. My comfort zone is at home, out of the spotlight, in the corner of a room, one-on-one with people, um, which is why I was pursuing a nursing degree when I met my birth mother. Um, Not on a stage, not talking about controversial things, not doing, definitely not doing what I do today. Um, That's not my natural comfort zone. But my strength of belief pushed me over the edge of my comfort zone and out into the great unknown, if you will, um, into the world that was beyond my comfort zone that left me shaking in my shaking on stage, trembling, trying to think of what I'm about to say, but my belief strength helped me do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And and it still has every single time. So the first time that I uh, traveled to share my story, I had shared it maybe three or four times locally in Texas before this with small um, like youth groups and small groups of people. But this was my first trip out of state to, was it Wisconsin? Yeah, uh, and you went with me. Uh-huh. And... Um, we had quite a few like hiccups along the way. Uh, I I think you, trip. I think you left your computer on a plane and we had to rush back and get it. I think I was the last person to board the plane because I thought they should had, they shut the door. They shut the door. I thought they time. let me back on. Yeah. And I was, I was like, come on, get on the plane. <laughs> now, now, now. And you're like, no, I'm gonna go get something to eat. And I'm like Get on the plane. And then we get to the hotel and we're getting ready for this event. And I'm nervous and I'm frantic and I'm practiced my speech 25 times probably, but it didn't feel like enough. And here we are getting ready and something happens with my dress and it won't zip up and you're trying to do it. And it was just this crazy frantic moment and you even had to call the maiden to like okay. um, so the we know what happened. Like you're on the ground. I'm trying to zip the dress up and the maid walks by and I'm like, Hey, can you come in here and help us get this dress on her? <laughs> oh, if that was my first glimpse of what speaking would be like and the hurdles that I would continuously jump through because Satan 
doesn't want me to do the work I'm doing. If that was my first glimpse (laughs) of what it was like to become an international speaker, I was crazy to continue. I was crazy to say, oh, yeah, after that experience, I'll go do it again and again and again. But that's where my strength of belief comes in. I, I did that event as, as crazy as it was, and I shared my story, and I saw the impact that it had on the lives of the people that were attending. I watched as they were able to humanize the unborn child through the face and the humanity of an abortion survivor. I saw how they were able to empathize and put, put a story with the woman who has experienced an abortion in her past, like my birth mother, and deeply regrets it. I saw so many things. I saw so many ways that that God showed up that day as I shared my story in in the most uncomfortable way possible in in my mind because I'm an introvert because I like to stay in my bubble and my comfort zone. Um, but I watched God show up, and I watched God use my willingness, and I watched as people were able to say, "You know what." Abortion is now black and white to me too, because today, today I saw, uh, today I realized that choice is a person. Mm-hmm. Choice ends the life of someone like Claire. And so my, my strength of, of, my, of belief is what continues to drive me and continues to allow me to get out of my comfort zone and to do the hard work um, that God has called me to do, to talk about the things that I believe truly matter, to um, to talk about the, the greatest injustice, the most controversial issue of our time. Um, those are not things that I naturally would want to do, but my belief drives me to do it over and over and over and over again. In fact, I haven't turned down a speaking opportunity or an opportunity that God has called me to share my story. Um, I have not turned any event, any opportunity down that I can think of unless it was a scheduling conflict or I was sick or something. Um, I've, I've never turned one away because I know my belief tells me that if I turn, that if I say no, that if I say, no, God, I'm not going to allow you to use me in this way, that I am contributing to the injustice of society today. I am contributing to allowing women to suffer silently because of abortion. And so I can't do that. My belief will not allow me to do that. And so I continue. I continue to follow God into the unknown into and out of my comfort zone, because to me, um, speaking truth, doing what's right, acting on your belief, serving people like God calls us to serve people is, is just something I'm called to do. And so I do it. Hmm. It's so amazing. And so, um, so exciting to see how God has used you so many ways in so many lives. And I think it makes, um, makes so much sense as we look at 
you know, belief is one of your top strengths. And I like how you put words to that because people, other people might have different beliefs that they're centering their lives around, but it's, I think we can all kind of visualize how that really has played out for you because you are developing your belief, using your belief. And um, anyway, it's just soaring because you're, you're saying yes to those opportunities. So thank you for how you're doing that. Well, um, restorative is your third strength. And we, what that is, is kind of fixing what's broken. And I think a little bit of that kind of ties into your developer, like you mentioned, but um, briefly, can is there anything particular that stands out to you about restorative? I think like anybody, all your top five strengths blend together. And so um, they, they kind of show up in the work that you're doing, but is anything stand out to you about restorative for you? I think I kind of included that earlier when we um, talked about my first strength, but one example I can think of just real quickly off the top of my head is um, the moment I got a call from someone that I had met very briefly um, who said there's a there's a pregnant lady on the side of the street in Austin and she uh, needs somewhere to go. Can you find her somewhere to go? And after calling all of the pregnancy centers and maternity homes in our area, uh, there were no openings for her. And so I said, I'll just come pick her up. She can come stay with me. And I think the reason I did this, people may have thought I was crazy. I mean, I had four children at home, including a baby. I had a speaking career. I was a busy mom that ran children all over to soccer fields and baseball fields every weekend, you know, like, like the rest of you. Um, but I said, bring her here. I'll, I'll give her a place to stay for a little bit. I'll take her to her doctor's appointments and encourage her and feed her and love on her because I saw a potential in a, in a homeless mother um, who was pregnant that she could be the mother that God created her to be, um, that, that is ingrained in her naturally as a human woman. Uh, she could be that person. She just needed someone to walk alongside her and tell her that she could do it, that she was worth it, that she was supported, that, that um, there were resources available to her, and that God wanted to give her the tools to be the mother that she could be, including a place to live, a pl- something to eat, and a community of people who believed in her and wanted to journey alongside her through her pregnancy and beyond. And so um, I, I think that was my restorative strength showing up because I knew that her life was messy at the time. I knew that there were broken pieces uh, that that needed to be restored, but I saw the potential in her. Um, and I saw the potential in her motherhood that day as well. Mm. <clears throat> I love that story and I kind of I kind of forgot about that but you that's the kind of thing you do all the time and that's such a tangible um evidence of like you say those different strengths. Well your next one is empathy and 
that is like someone that's naturally intuitive, caring, compassionate, and that is one of my strengths too, my number three strength. But um, I have loved experiencing your empathy, but what, what are your thoughts about empathy and how that shows up for you? I think the biggest way that empathy has shown up for me is in the moment that I came face to face with my birth mother, Tanya, and she told me that she had the abortion that successfully took the life of my twin and that I too had been aborted, but that I had survived her abortion procedure. And so many people ask me, like, what were you thinking in that moment? I mean, how do you even grasp the fact that you were unwanted, you were rejected, and you were you were a twinless twin, um, and you were aborted? Like, how how do you even grasp that? What was going through your head? And I tell people all the time that I wasn't even thinking about me in that moment. Because the loudest thing in that room that day was the look in my birth mother's eyes. It was the tears streaming down her face and how she just kept saying, I'm so sorry. Your life is a miracle. I'm so sorry. Your life is a miracle. And the way her her body trembled and, and she she fully expected me to run out of the room that day and not forgive her and not look back. Because who would want to know the mother that didn't want them? Mm. But her tears and her pain, that is what spoke to me in that room that day. And I empathized with her because she was a 13-year-old girl, because abortion had halted her life for the, the 21 years following that, because she had this deep pain and regret that she had kept a secret for so long because she felt so much shame. That was the loudest thing in that room. And the reason is because of the empathy that God has equipped me with. I was able to have compassion for my birth mother. I was able to empathize with my birth mother. And I was I was able to, to know that God gave me my heart of compassion and empathy because it's it's his heart for us too. And it's his heart for her, my birth mother too, regardless of if I was aborted, regardless of if I was unwanted, um, regardless of if I was rejected. God empathizes with my birth mother. And so I could too. And so that's the the biggest way, the most um, impactful way, I think, for or time for me, where I've seen empathy and compassion show up in my life, because in a room that where <coughs> in a room where things seemed to be spinning out of control, and I was finding out the deepest, shocking, deepest pain and most shocking news of my life, all I could think about was my birth mother. All I could do was empathize with her and embrace her and care about her. And so that's where I see the empathy showing up in my life. Yeah, that's so, so impactful. And like you just described, just I know Tanya felt so loved and cared for and seen and has ever since 
you learned about that story and what has gone on with her. And I, it's neat to see just how that has changed her life as you've cared for her and given her, um, cared, cared for her, loved her, shown her grace and empathy. And I, um, I've loved seeing just your empathy again in so many different ways, but especially like when you um, are speaking to women or speaking to different groups and the people that come up to you and have things to say, it's, it's neat to see just the way that you can connect with others, even if it's a short, short time. But I know for me, um, as your mom, I, I'm so grateful for the empathy that you have shown to me. And I think especially when um, you were pregnant with Sadie June and I, I like how you put words to this, even in, in your book survivor, but um, you know, having not ever having been pregnant or delivered a baby, it can be hard for, for me sometimes. And um, even in this season lately, there's, you know, people, it's exciting to rejoice with people having babies and it's, I'm thrilled, but I especially loved how you took care and empathized with me in that, that you included me in your doctor's appointments and you wanted me in the the room when you were delivering Sadie June and that meant the world to me. And I just want to thank you again for that. I'm so thankful that you were able to be there and that we got to experience that together. I I think that um, one of the biggest reasons that empathy is so prominent in my life and in my strengths is because you modeled it to Rachel and I and to everyone that you encounter. You model empathy for all of us. I think that you have um, shown me what an empathetic and compassionate person looks like and because of your example, I am able to really navigate my strength of empathy um, through a lens that is different than other people's because I can see empathy in you. And so I know what empathy might look in, like in my day-to-day life and in my actions and my interactions with people. And so I appreciate that about you too. Well, thanks. So we can just feel and care for each other and sometimes cry, huh? <laughs> A little too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, your last strength that we'll touch on briefly is responsibility. And this is someone that's dependable that says, I'll take care of it. You don't have to double check with me. I'm going to um, follow through with a commitment that I've made to you. And I definitely see this in your life every day and tell me about your responsibility. I think that some of my greatest strengths can, can also be my, uh, I can have a temptation for them to be weaknesses too. If, if that makes sense, because I, I think one of the ways I see my responsibility is I show up, I do what I say I'm going to do. But I also overcommit (laughs) and I overdo what I say I'm going to do. And so there's this balance for me as I navigate using my strength of responsibility um, in my day-to-day life because I do. I I show up. I say I, I do what I say I'm going to do. I 
want to do what is best for people, for my life, for my household, for um, the people in my life, for my children. Um, but I also over, um, I'm, I'm over responsible sometimes. And so, uh, responsibility combined with belief can, can sometimes be an interesting thing to navigate because, uh, like you, you experienced last weekend, uh, on, at the soccer fields, my daughter, Lita, who's 11 came rushing off the field and was so excited um, that her team won the game and that her <laughs> coach was going to take them for ice cream. Okay. She is, and Lita is, uh, her, her first grade teacher gave her the award called most expressive <laughs> because you always know what yeah. Lita is thinking and feeling. Right. Right. And so she comes in the car and with her great express, she must have that. If that was a strength, Lita would have it, expressiveness. So she's she's super expressive and she gets in the car and she's like, we're going to get ice cream. And the responsibility in me combined with the belief in me is like, well, Lita, that's probably not how you should have said it. <laughs> you should ask, may we go get ice cream with the team or are our coaches invited us to get ice cream? I'm so excited. Is there a chance that we could go, mom? You know, just just respectfully asking um, in a way that that I want to respond to. And uh, so so I I kind of took care of that conversation before agreeing to go to take her to get ice cream. I wanted to make sure that she knew there was a respectful way and and somewhat of an entitled way to to go about asking that question. And I wanted to make sure that she knew the difference and that she could put words to what she was asking in a respectful way. And so, uh, of course, you're sitting in the the passenger seat like. Andy's. I'm going to go to Andy's. Come, what are you talking Is about? That even a question? I can see it all over your face because that would be you. That's the type of mom you were. Really you weren't. Me. You weren't as concerned about you know being responsible with our words and being responsible with our actions and saying things in a respectful way with a with a kind tone. You know. Oh, I, I cared about that. I mean, that you did, you handled that really well. It was more just like, okay, deal with that, but we're still going to go get the ice cream, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> but I could see it all over your face in that moment as I was taking the time to um, correct the behavior before I said, okay, yes, let's go. And yeah. so I see responsibility showing up in so many areas of my life. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's it's something that I need to work through. Um, but uh, I think I I use my responsibility strength by showing up, by being there for people, by committing to being involved in the people's lives that I care about, um, and by choosing to do things that I believe are good and beneficial for the people in my life. Well. I appreciate that about you and I know I can depend on you. So and you're a good mom and that was a great way you helped Lita in thinking about her words. So way to go. So um, 
Well, kind of as we wrap up, I would love to hear any any other thoughts you have. Um, I mean, I you put such great words and descriptions about your strengths, but especially because this is the day your book is launching. Any any other thoughts you have about your book or or hopes that you have? What the as people read the book, what how you want to see that impact people's lives. Thank you for asking. I am so excited for people to read Survivor. It is available in bookstores wherever you buy your books today. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Christian Bookstore. Um, order a copy. I promise it is a book full of stories of of God's um, compassion for us, of his empathy for us. So many of the things we talked about that are truly um, mm-hmm the heart of God for us. He wants to meet us in the trenches. He wants to walk alongside us through our hardships, through our moments of confusion and pain. Um, And he wants to go before us and make something new out of something that is messy or hurtful or that was meant for evil. Um, And he's done that in my life in so many ways. And Survivor is, is all of those stories in one place where you can read about all that God has done. Um, I hope that the book will uh, give people a heart for life, that it will humanize the unborn child, that it will give people um, an empowerment to do something about abortion, about what it has done to my birth mother, to generation after generation. Um and that it will equip people to know that they can be a part of creating a culture that truly values life and embraces women and families. Uh, and so I hope that you'll pick it up. I hope that you'll be encouraged and know that you're not alone, that that you're, that my story of how God has redeemed and restored, that that can be your story too, because the God of the universe, he created you with a plan just like he created me. And he wants to do something big in your life, but you have to be willing to allow him in, to allow him to work in your life and to allow him to call you to use your strengths. As we just talked about here on Embrace Your Strengths podcast, to allow you to use your strengths um, to glorify him and to point people towards his love and towards his sacrifice and towards the salvation Um that is available for all of us through Christ. And so pick up your copy. I hope that you enjoy it and be sure to post a review wherever you buy your book so that I can read how Survivor impacted your life too. Yes. Well, I am so thrilled and so proud of you. And I love seeing just God's fingerprints all over your life. And, um, I mean, as your mom, there's, I could just go on and on, but I am so excited for other people to, to get a glimpse into just the backstory that that has happened and that you're, you're willing to stand up and to be a spokesperson on these, these issues. And so I am so proud of you and thank you for talking about just your strengths and helping other people to understand a little bit about more their particular strengths. Well, one last question. Um, what would you say has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? 
What has brought me joy and put a smile on my face has been just, I don't know, this year. Something about the hardest year um, that that many of us can remember living through this pandemic that we've experienced in 2020 and 2021. it's, it's just slowed us down and it's brought us together. And I think that the joy I found in the pandemic, in this crazy season that we're living, is that togetherness, being with the people I love, having conversations that truly matter, and just slowing down to see what's in front of me and to embrace that. That's what's truly brought me joy in this season. Mm, that's great. Well, thank you so much. And um, one, I lied. One last question. Where can people um, follow you or learn about what you're doing? My website is clairecolwell.com. You can find my book there as well as my podcast um, and, and all that I'm doing through my ministry. I would encourage you to reach out there, subscribe to my newsletter, and shoot me a message if you'd like to follow up, if you have questions or need encouragement. Maybe you're walking through something tough and you'd just like someone to talk about this with. I'm available. Um, and follow me on social media at Claire Colwell. I would love to connect with each of you. Well, thank you so much. I love you and appreciate you taking time to be on Embrace Your Strengths. Thank you so much for having me, Mom. Okay. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at Barbara Colwell. C-U-L-W-E-L-L dot com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.